Coming up on today's message with Pastor Danny. This may not be the world's best prayer. The subject and the verb may not agree. The grammar might not be right on it. You may not be asked to repeat this prayer for a presidential inauguration, but I need heaven to move on my behalf. God, have mercy upon me. The person I thought was going to be forever told me on Friday, I don't want you no more. God, have mercy upon me. My money is and bills are due. God, have mercy upon me. I'm drowning in debt. God, have mercy upon me. My mama and my daddy are sick. God, have mercy upon me. You've got to be willing to let loose. God, have mercy on me. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, today's message is going to come from uh, the gospel according to Luke, the 18th chapter, I'm going to start with verse 9 and read to verse 14. Again, that is the gospel according to Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. It's in your New Testament, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke third book of the New Testament, 18th chapter, uh, verses 9 through 14. There are many different translations of God's word. Uh, I am going to be reading from the New International Version. Uh, let's see what it has to say for us today, amen? Hear ye the word of the Lord. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance he would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of God for the people of God Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Your name is great and greatly to be praised. You are the king of kings and Lord of lords, and there is none like you, Lord God. I thank you for this awesome opportunity to gather once again and Teach your word, Lord God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. If there is anything that is in me that is not like you, take it away. Allow me to decrease so that you may increase. Allow me to hide behind your cross so that people don't see me but see Jesus. And that if there is one that desires to know Jesus Christ in the pardoning of their sins, that they will ask, what must I do? to become saved. It is in your son's precious, perfect, powerful name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. 
Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk about asking the Lord to have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Can I be transparent for a moment? I struggle with comparison. I can't help but try to figure out where I stand with everything. I, I look at salaries. I look at education, church membership, attendance. I look at vote totals. Almost everything I can think of, I compare it to something similar. I, I know that about myself, and I am working on it. I'm just being transparent about one of my personality quirks. Sometimes it comes in handy. Uh, I often get nominated to be the treasurer or the auditor of organizations. Because of this, I can compare things. I get called in to consult with organizations because they want to know what other organizations are doing in similar situations. But the fact of the matter is, is I still struggle with comparison. I know I'm not the only one who thinks about comparison. I'm just willing to say it out loud. We buy clothes and cars and houses and compare them. Oh girl, where'd you get that outfit from? How much did it cost? Was it on sale? Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of extra features did you get on that new truck you bought? Um, what neighborhood do you live in again? Oh, I live in such and such neighborhood. And, and, and don't let some fellas get around an open flame where there's some meat involved. And that meat needs to go on the open flame for some barbecuing, some grilling. Uh, 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 there's going to be some comparison. What kind of charcoal do you use? What kind of wood do you use? How long did you smoke that? What kind of rub have you put on the meat? What kind of grill do you have? We compare things. We all compare people, places, and things. We just have to be uh, transparent about it. Uh, uh, but comparison is not always a bad thing. Sometimes you need to compare things to teach people as well. Uh, I believe that is why Jesus spoke in parables a lot. Uh, he would say the kingdom of God in the gospel according to Mark is like a seed that is scattered to the ground and a man goes to sleep and he doesn't know whether or not it grows or not. Uh, he said that the kingdom of God is like this. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Uh, uh, comparison is helpful. And Jesus was talking to Pharisees, religious leaders in the text, and he was providing a comparison. Uh, this passage is part of a larger conversation that Jesus is having about prayer. He just got finished telling them in Luke 18, 1 through 8, about the parable of the persistent widow. 
And, and, and now he's moved on because some people have still not really gotten it. I can understand that, you know, having to tell somebody something more than once before they get it, having to figure out different ways to say the same thing over and over again in hopes that they could catch the vision before it's too late. Uh, but he's told them about the persistent widow, and now he's moved on to the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And the thing that is interesting about Jesus' parables is that the good guy is not who we always think it's going to be. The people listening to the parable don't think it is as well. So Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, and it would be natural for the Pharisees when they hear a story about a fellow Pharisee to think that the Pharisee is the hero of the story. Uh, but the Pharisee, the good church-going folk, uh, the people that, that spend all the time in church are, are not the hero of this story. Uh, the Pharisee in the parable is pompous. The Pharisee in the parable is arrogant, smelling himself, thinking more highly of himself that, than he ought. Uh, it, it gets lost in translation. Uh, but when he says in his prayer, I thank God that I'm not like other people in the text, in the Greek, it literally means the rest of humanity. I'm better than everybody else in the world. That's kind of wild to think, and I know some people would think I would never be so arrogant, but I would submit to you that there are churches that think they're the only church getting into heaven. There are churches that think that the way that they worship on a Sunday morning is the only way that, they're supposed, that we're supposed to worship, and everybody else is an abomination. It's not too far to think that. Uh, but the Pharisees, th the Pharisee thought that he was the best in the world, because he literally went to church on a regular basis and, and, and because he tithed. It's more to Christianity than that. And you have the, 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 the one that they would have thought would have been the hero, the Pharisee, and you have the tax collector who has a horrible reputation. Uh, you know, people think that the tax collectors back now have a bad reputation, but the tax collectors in the Bible had a worse reputation. They were not like the IRS agents of today. The, fair, the tax collectors, uh, rather, were independent business owners uh, who would collect the taxes and, and, and give money to the Roman government. And because they were independent, they could collect whatever they wanted and give what they needed to the government. So some would skim off the top. Some would squeeze the people even harder. You might have owed five, but they're going to take ten. Uh, 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 and so they would get rich off the backs of the poor people in the area. And so people begin to hate all the tax collectors. And so you would think that in this story that the hero would be the good church-going person. But Jesus says, no, no, no. The tax collector is justified. The tax collector is the one that went home and was justified by God and not the one that said, hey, everybody, look at me. 
because it's not about consistency, it's about intention. Mm. So there were some things uh, 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 that, that I saw that both the, 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 the tax collector and, and the Pharisee did that I think we could learn from, and I'm going to take my seat. The first thing that I saw in this was that they both prayed consistently. Let the church say consistently. Put consistently in the comments. Whether it was the tax collector or the Pharisee, they both went to church on a regular basis, and they both knew that they needed to pray. I'll say that again. Whether they were the Pharisee or the tax collector, they both knew that they needed to go to the temple on a regular basis, and they both knew they needed to pray. You know, you can't really just get away from this concept in Christianity. Prayer needs to be a regular part and a regular task of your life, not just blessing the food, not just saying, Lord, this man is getting on my nerves, not just saying, Jesus Christ, when are you going to shut up from talking to me? Prayer needs to be a consistent part of your life. You should be praying before you make major decisions. You should be praying before you make minor decisions. Matter of fact, it's a bunch of minor decisions that, that lead into the major decisions, so we should be praying at all times. The Bible says that we should pray without ceasing. We should go before the God uh, of our salvation in much prayer and supplication and let everything be made known to man. We should be asking. We should be seeking. We should be knocking. I hear people complaining all the time about how they think that the, the society has failed because we we took prayer out of school and we took prayer out of other situations. I don't care whether or not you can pray in school. You may be able to take prayer out the building, but you can't take prayer out of me. So if I put prayer into myself, when I go into the school, then prayer is in school. If I put prayer into my kids, when, I, when they go into school, then there's prayer in the school. When you put prayer into the teachers, when they go into school, they're going, we need to be praying about everything. We need to be praying about anything. Pray consistently. They're both at church. We need to be praying over and over again, not just ritualistically, not just to check a box of things we need to do for the day. We need to be bathing everything we do in prayer. Pray consistently. We also need to be praying with some determination. Ah, <laughs> the tax collector went to the temple to pray, expecting his prayer to be answered. Practically begging for his prayer to be answered. His determination was so strong, it bordered on desperation. If he didn't think God would answer the prayer, then why even ask? This man asked because he expects an answer. Uh, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should seek cause to repent. This man, this tax collector, came looking for grace and mercy, and he expects to receive it. We can't just pray like, like, like just because we're told to pray. We need to pray like we expect 
can answer. The Bible says that God's word does not return to him void. So if God said it, that settles it. I I need to know when I go before them, I have to have that expectation that it's going to be answered. Pray with determination. Pray continually. Pray with determination. Don't just come up and ask and, 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 and leave it alone. If I ask somebody for something and they can see in my face that I don't really want it, they're very likely not to give it to me. Pray consistently and pray with determination. Because if you pray, even, not even if you pray, if you have regular conversations, if you don't believe you can do something, You're going to be right. So we ought to come when we come before the Lord with expectation. Come with the Bible. Come with the times that we've been fasting. Come with the time that we've been praying with the expectation that it will be resolved. Pray consistently. Pray with determination. And pray authentically let the church say authentic ah yes put authentic in the comments please one of the reasons I believe Christianity gets a bad reputation in the world is because we are not authentic we put on airs we act like everything is going fine when it's not how are you feeling? I'm fine. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Even when people say I'm living the dream, they're saying it sarcastically. We need to be real and understand that, that, that the, the church is not just this building with a bunch of people who have gotten everything together, but it is like a hospital for sick people. We are all here because we need something. We are all here because we ain't got it all together. We are all here because we need some change in our lives. Pray authentically. This man came, this tax collector came to the church beating his chest, saying, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy. He didn't care who else was around. God, have mercy upon me. He didn't care who was looking. He didn't care that the Pharisee was even talking about him. He said, God, have mercy upon me. And if you can't do that publicly, you need to at least be able to do it privately. He had a prayer for him. This may not be the world's best prayer. The subject and the verb may not agree. The grammar might not be right on it. You may not be asked to repeat this prayer for a prayer presidential inauguration but I need heaven to move on my behalf God have mercy upon me the person I thought was going to be forever told me on Friday I don't want you no more God have mercy upon me my money is low and bills are due God have mercy upon me I'm drowning in debt God have mercy upon me my mama and my daddy are sick God have mercy upon me you got to be willing to let loose God have mercy on me. Whether you are an employee 
or you are an employer, or whether you are unemployed, whether you got all kind of money in your pocket, or you ain't got nothing in your pocket, we all got to be willing to pour out and say, God, have mercy on me. Realize that we are all just broken people trying to hold the pieces and put them back together. You aren't as big and bad by yourself. No matter where you are in life, we all need the Lord's mercy. Uh David said it in Psalm 51 and 3 where he says that my sin is ever before me. Humble, self-emptying, obedient. These are the qualities of Jesus Christ and his faithful followers that led to Christ's exaltation. He said in the text that all who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who are humbled will be exalted. You need to be able to, 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 to allow your memory to be your motivation. Amen. Allow your past to power your future. This, this tax collector was justified because he put his faith entirely into God and asked God to be merciful for him. He took an honest look at his past and regretted his actions, but understood going forward that it's your grace and mercy that has brought me through. So he didn't care who was looking. He didn't care what anybody had to say. He didn't care what was going on around. He said, I need God, so I'm going to come to God the best way I know how and I don't care if it looks good to you. Because they knew in the end that it was going to work out. Uh, uh, come on in here, Isaiah, and help me out a little bit. Uh, every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places a plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and the flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it and if you slide on down to that same chapter just a little bit further has thou not known has thou not heard that the everlasting God the Lord the creator of the ends of the earth fainteth not Neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them who have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. The, the, the tax collector was able to say, Lord, have mercy upon me because he knew that his God was going to give him that mercy. Go ahead and help me close this out, Fred Hammond. Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. We just have to be willing to turn it all over to Jesus. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, we thank you for being a God that we can come before as humbly as we know how and just say, Lord, have mercy. 
When we don't have all the words, we still can say, Lord, have mercy. We thank you for your word that went forth. We thank you for those who heard it live and those who may hear it later. That whoever it is and wherever they are saying, Lord, have mercy, that you'll hear their cry. Lord God, we ask for this message to be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest. 30, 60, and 100 fold. That those who have a desire to know you in the pardoning of their sins will ask, what must I do to become saved? Let your Holy Spirit do his holy work in your holy people for your holy kingdom. It is in your son's precious, perfect, powerful name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.